0: Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics Podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment, for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo. Hello there. I'm Colleen.
1: I'm Anders. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast, and is part of the Forgotten
0: Entertainment family. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easy...
1: Every episode we do is just a lead up to forgotten.
0: <laughs> she clearly stirred her coffee with her glasses. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> do, 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 boop, boop. Yeah. This is not jazz, dude. Like, <laughs> like, oh, like, they eat it like a They're Like jazz. motorboarding like, the next Yeah. Keep it spooky, y'all.
1: Hello, I'm Mike Butler, and I'm Mike Field. And you're now entering the world of the macabre, where no one will save you as you bleed out all over the ground. Welcome to Forgotten Horror. Each episode, will discuss a film that was forgotten by audiences. Perhaps they were too busy running from feral vampires in the snowy tundra. Maybe they accidentally drank a vial of slime and became Satan personified. Or maybe they're just having nightmares after reading a few good books. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you're not too scared of our podcast, like Jessica, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us, or we'll find you. Our podcast is available on all platforms for your listening displeasure.
0: (laughs) What's going on? Nothing. Week three of uh, four weeks of forgotten horror. Uh, We are uh, Halloween is fast approaching as you listen to this. And obviously, we are doing our second John Carpenter film that Mike picked. Mike picked two this went this month. And he, they were both part of the Apocalypse both. trilogy, which yes. I didn't even know existed. Which you knew existed last time we talked uh, last about the Carpenter talked, film, yes. Prince of Darkness. So this week we are doing In the Mouth of Madness, and let's get into that real quick. I'll give you the synopsis and then all those facts. When horror novelist Sutter Kane goes missing, insurance investigator John Trent scrutinizes the claim made by his publisher, Jackson Harglow and endeavors to retrieve a yet-to-be-released manuscript and ascertain the writer's whereabouts. Accompanied by novelist's editor Linda Stiles and disturbed by nightmares from reading Kane's other novels, Trent makes an eerie nighttime trek to a supernatural town in New Hampshire. That's, a, that's that's pretty actually
1: good. a not bad synopsis for once. <laughs> Who
0: wrote that? I feel like we've had bad synopsis for like the last like 10 weeks. Uh, That's usually a, kind of like a staple of the show now. Bad synopsis, bad synopsis <laughs> that we rip on. But that actually was pretty good. All I do is type in, in the name of the movie and synopsis into Google and I just read the first thing that pops up.
1: Oh yeah, we stopped typing our own synopsis forever ago. Uh,
0: we never even typed it. We, we didn't kind of type We were winging it we're winged, yeah, badly. <laughs> so In the Mouth of Madness has a runtime of 95 minutes. It's rated R. Production budget of $8 million. It was released on friday february 3rd 1995 oh the dead months opening weekend it did 3.4 million dollars domestic and worldwide are the same 8.9 million so not really a hit kind of like, i don't know if it, it's a flop it just kind of yeah i read i read somewhere and i note that it was a box office flop but it uh, yeah, of well even the budget Even though I have 8 million, I did read one note that said 8 million to 15 million. So, but I didn't put it in because I don't know. I just, I kept the 8 million. I was lazy. Uh, This was uh, distributed by New Line Cinema. Uh, It came out on the 3rd of February up against the Jerky Boys. (laughs) Oh, the Jerky Boys. So dumb. Uh, <laughs> and then also Boys on the Side and limited release, The Secret of Rowan Inish. And the 10th of February, the week after you had The Quick and the Dead, Billy Madison, and a limited release, Shallow Grave. That's actually a pretty good weekend. Yeah, that's that's not bad. Yeah. And then January 27th, which is the week before, you had Highlander, The Final Dimension. And then, <laughs> and then in a limited release, Before Sunrise and Miami, Rhapsody. Uh, Final Dimension has none of the people in it, right? Has Limbert in it? Isn't Final Destination number two? The Final Dimension Highlander? That's no. where you find out it was all aliens? No, no, no. Highlander It's Highlander 2 is Highlander 2, The Quickening. Oh, that's right. It's The Quickening. Yeah, yeah. No, this Which is the best <laughs> Well, it's better than this.
1: I don't know if I've... Is 3 the one that starts the guy from the TV series?
0: I don't know. It was a TV I don't know if series. I've seen 3. Uh, I, I don't know. The TV series is all right. Come on stop did you ever see that the, the movie the, original, the first okay. one is awesome
1: oh i love the first island
0: i actually don't mind the quickening it has some it's not great it's, it's got okay fight really
1: stuff. So super sci-fi it's way too sci but it's it's fine did you want us to over explain how
0: the whole thing works <laughs> don't worry we got you midichlorians uh so <laughs> this movie is directed by john carpenter uh, we already did Prince of Darkness, which you, which you heard about a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's also done Halloween and The Thing. He actually didn't write this movie. This is written by Michael DeLuca, who is mainly a producer. Uh, I guess he transitioned from writer to producer. But he did write Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, and the story for Judge Dredd, the Sylvester Stallone, Judge Dredd. But he has been nominated for three Oscars for movies that he's produced. So they were nominated for Best Pictures. This is the show. So excuse me. The Social Network, Moneyball, and Captain Phillips. A cinematography by Gary Kibbe, who did uh, Vampires. Another one we did last year, uh, Ghost of Mars and Virtuosity. He uh, primarily does Carpenter films. He actually passed away two years, uh, one year ago, 2020. Composer is obviously Carpenter. He composes most of his stuff. And then Jim Lang, whose big credit is the Hey Arnold TV series and movie. And he mm-hmm. was on the TV show Dinosaur Train. That's quite the transition to this movie, but eh, whatever. Edited by Edward Orshulka, who's done The Running Man, a little Schwarzenegger classic, Child's Play 3, and 13 Ghosts, amongst others. And this is actually produced by Sandy King, who actually is now Sandy King Carpenter, for she is married to John Carpenter. She ha- was actually, I was looking at her credits, and she was a huge script supervisor for a long time. She just was script supervisor, script supervisor, and she was just script supervisor on Carpenter's films, and then obviously she became producer because obviously they started i okay, got married. <laughs> uh, but she has also produced Village of the Damned, Vampires Again, and the upcoming, I don't know if it's a movie or a TV series of The Manor, which is a horror, horror series or horror movie. I want to say movie, but that's, that's, her, that's her next one, The Manor. That is not a Carpenter film. So she's off on her own right sam neill plays john trent you may know sam neill from movies called jurassic park he's also in dead calm and the final conflict which is really the omen three but they renamed it right i didn't realize he was in uh that one i've never seen the omen three just wanted to i've seen him he's like he's like in the office he's like the president that's kind of I mean, it sounds cheesy, but but I that was that it. was the final plan. That was the plan. oh, that was yeah. That was the that was well, he was destined for greatness. <laughs> uh, Julie Carmen as Linda Styles, who basically he just calls her Styles the whole time. Mm-hmm. She's in the movie Gloria, the Milagro Beanfield War, and Fright Night Part Two. Uh, Jurgen Prochnow as Sutter Kane, the writer who is most probably Stephen King. Uh, is, <laughs> he's in Das Boot. He's in the 1984 Doom He's also in Beverly Hills Cop Two and The English Patient. David Warner plays Dr. Wren. Uh, another uh, David Warner is actually in the First Omen. So we have two people in the Omen series in this movie. Uh, he's also in Tron, Star Trek Six, The Undiscovered Country. That's, That's for right. Mike. He's also in Star Trek Five. Yes, he is. He plays- uh, So he played two different characters in the movies. But he's an alien, I believe. In okay. Just letting you know, you know.
1: And you know he's in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The
0: Secret of the Ooze. Nobody cares about that. Uh, everyone cares Nobody cares that. That. In this that. He po- creates Toka and Razor. In this podcast, nobody cares. <laughs> you take that over to Pana Comics, okay? <laughs> He's also in Mary Poppins Returns. John Glover as Saperstein. who's not even in this movie that long. He's in the TV show Smallville. That's probably where a lot of people know him. I think me and Mike know him from the TV show Brimstone. That's
1: right. It's the devil. Even though I love Smallville, every time he pops up, I go, "It's the devil." I don't know why, because he was on Smallville for
0: like twenty years. He's a nerd. He's also in Scrooge. the movie. Great. Well, Shazam. Brimstone was okay. Brimstone had a great premise. Yes. It just did not succeed in execution of that premise. <laughs> and and Fox didn't give it enough time. Uh, Bernie Casey as Robinson. Uh, Bernie Casey, if you look familiar, you've seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure because he's the principal. It's <laughs> always remember. He's also in Revenge of the Nerds and Never Say Never Again. That's for you. He passed mm-hmm. away in 2017. Peter Jason is returning from Prince of Darkness to play Mr. Paul. I'm just putting him in there because he's Prince of Darkness. He's actually in a lot of uh. Car- yeah, we talked about that last that uh, Prince of Darkness episode. A lot of a lot of callbacks to that episode already. <laughs> Charlton Heston as Jackson Harglow. Uh, he is, I mean, I hope you would know who Charlton Heston is, but he won an Oscar for his role in Ben-Hur. He was also in the Ten Commandments, toilet Green, but obviously more importantly, he's in Wayne's World too. Uh, <laughs> Francis Bay as Mrs. Pickman. She's in Blue Velvet, Arachnophobia, which is where I remember, and of course, Happy Gilmore. Wilhelm, nope, Wilhelm von Humberg and plays Simon. The only reason I have his credit in there is because he plays Vigo in Ghostbusters 2. Vigo, Vigo, <laughs> you bad little monkey. You. He's also in Die Hard. And did you notice? Uh, did you notice the other cameo in this? Not the cameo, but a part. Young Anakin Skywalker. Oh, Hayden Peyton Christensen Peyton. Pays,
1: plays the paper boy. Yeah, he's at the end playing the paper. One of my boy. notes is punch him in the face. It's Darth Vader.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, soon to be yes, of course. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that's the. Those are the facts. Those are the credits. I'll give you a couple more. This production was shot from August to October of 1993. It was shot in Canada exclusively. Originally, Tony Randall from or I think it's Randall from uh, Hellbound: Hellraiser Two was attached to direct, and he dropped. And Mary Lambert from Pet Cemetery was attached to direct, and she dropped out. And then you have uh John Carpenter stepping in. Which he was originally offered and also dropped out. Of course. Of that's course.
1: why I find it strange that this is part of his apocalypse trilogy. When this is the other two, he did he write the thing or just direct
0: the thing? Uh well he it's an adapt adaptation. So yeah, he wrote the yeah. adaptation. Yeah, no. And this one he didn't have any he, just, and he, he didn't, well, he he didn't want to do it. To he might have done with. changes, but yeah, Maybe. no. I just, um, well, he. I've I, I always say it's his self-professed Apocalypse trilogy, like he's saying. Oh, I understand yeah. that, yeah. The three, the three movies, they're about almost the end of time, a little bit. Like, kind of. I mean, the thing, the thing is if that thing escapes. Right.
1: It's very self-contained. Yeah. These two movies, I do get, now that I've seen In the Mouth of Menace, I do get how with Prince of Darkness and this, it really is about, you know, the end. end it's a world,
0: foreboding, so. of yeah of what, especially in the Mouth of Madness. Prince of Darkness is like it, it's it ends and you're like, you know, you, you don't really know what to make of when she appears at the end. But uh, it could still happen again. Yeah, but they you, you it don't really now. understand what's what it is, because. But yeah, it's definitely that's what he's saying. Um, does the asylum building look familiar to you? Uh, because it's a water treatment plant that was used in a bunch of other movies. Well, all, all the last movie was using was Undercover Brother, <laughs> which I, I love that movie. That oh, great. that movie's fantastic. But um, <laughs> it, it, uh, since 9-11, eleven, they've, they've, shut, they've it, yeah. they shut cut that down. They said now we're not allowing people in here. So yeah, I thought okay, I when it first came out, I'm like, this looks awfully familiar, and I and I hope it's in the notes, and it was. So, <laughs> all right, uh, where you want to start off? But this is basically Stephen King. But is, mm-hmm. would it have been better if it was Stephen King?
1: Mm, no, because I like that they mentioned Stephen King because it helps place it in the real world. Well, they're they're good friends. Yeah, Carpenter and King, which is cool, which I didn't know.
0: Yeah, so Sutter Kane is based on. Stephen King. He's like yeah. Stephen King, if Stephen King
1: wrote more Lovecraftian type things. I guess, yeah. This yeah. is
0: definitely heavy on HP Lovecraft. A lot of there's a lot of I I'm not a I've read some HP Lovecraft, but not enough to sit here and tell you what the references were. But there are tons of right. movie references there there are tons of references in this movie to Lovecraft stories and a lot of quotes yeah, well, lifted you, directly or rewritten right. a little bit. Even like the stuff where they're reading from the books. The, they're reading passages from the Southern K novels. Are actually just passages from Lovecraft books. So there's. So if you are somebody who is a big time fan of H.P. Lovecraft, this is probably a movie that you would really dig because it's got all. It's all. It's all over there. Yeah,
1: it's super Lovecraftian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, you hadn't seen this. I've never seen this before. Okay. I remember.
1: I don't remember what movie I watched, but this was a trailer attached to it. And I thought it was always a really interesting concept, mm-hmm. but obviously this came out, I was... This is 95. ...5, so I was 8. My parents aren't going to let me watch this movie.
0: Why not? <laughs> uh, I actually don't know why. Because I'll tell you why, because they, they don't want to... scarier movies. They don't want to deal with the the nightmares, the nightmares that you're going right. to have. Or they probably didn't want to watch it. They might not have wanted yeah, to watch it. Yeah,
1: there you it. go. Uh, So I had never seen this before. I remember the trailer that seemed like an interesting concept, and when we were... I didn't realize it was John Carpenter, but while researching another movie, this popped up on a recommended thing, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about this movie existing," and that's why I put it on the list, not realizing that Prince of Darkness and this had the same, you know, director.
0: Right, right. Speaking of Carpenter, one of the things that we always talk about, we talked about with vampires, and I think we talked about Prince of Darkness. Like he has his own style, right? Yep. Um, and his style is not very. It, it's. It is. I wouldn't say it's the high end of stylistic. It's a style, but it's almost like. It just presents what's happening. We talk about how it's yes. like, you know, like it just presents what's going on. Some stuff is there's some jump scares in this. Some stuff. I, there were some moments in the movie where I thought I wanted a little bit more. And yeah, I have the yeah. So the 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 one scene I'm going to talk about is the scene when the agent comes out of the I guess it's the bookstore. It comes out of somewhere with the axe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Trent and the guy he's working for are sitting at a uh, at a table, and there's a big window that's in behind them, and you see the street. And as they're talking, you see the guy, you see the agent. He's crazed. He comes out with an axe, and essentially what happens is the action is he walks across the street, stands there staring at them through the window. They do not notice him, and then he. He takes the ax and he hits the window, crashes the window and he, and he yells at Trent. Like, so what is that? That's the scene. Then he gets shot. Yeah. But in that scene is a, it's a, it's a nice scene, but the problem is he cuts away. And I want, I want the whole thing in the one in shot. The one shot I, yep, That's more tense. That'd him, be way more tense. Him walking over him, doing all that, them talking and you see it's coming. You see it's coming and they are unaware of it. Now, Mind you, I can't really lay it at the feet of Carpenter because that might be something that maybe they just couldn't get it at the time. Maybe the shot wouldn't work, whatever. You know, it it could be something technical. But I thought that that would have been an awesome way to shoot that scene in one shot.
1: I had this I had the exact same note, which is why isn't this one shot? Yeah, that would have been way better. You know who does that well is um, in Shaun of the Dead. A lot of the stuff at the beginning of Shaun of the Dead, those kind of like we're having a conversation, right? The zombies are happening behind us. It's played for laugh, but it's still really kind of uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and that would have worked so well in this movie because this
0: movie is all about being uncomfortable. Absolutely, it's uh, it's there's definitely uh, a foreboding feeling in this movie. What's funny, and I, and I don't want to keep comparing the two movies, but in Prince of Darkness, there was always that undertone of music of of tone. In the yeah, movie. this didn't the, really have that, that. Yeah, in Prince of Darkness, the tones of, in the movie were. They were, it was like leading you some, it was leading you down the hole of, of, you know, despair. Yeah. They didn't have that here. And I,
1: that's why I was surprised at the end when John Carpenter was still listed as music, I was like, Okay. This is more budget. This is did this feel more like a studio movie to you, though? Well, it had more money
0: than Prince of Darkness, eight million.
1: I'm wondering if they had more of a hand in in how John Carpenter had to
0: make this. Well, maybe he was a gun for hire here because he came in to to direct.
1: Yeah, I mean, but
0: it's it's produced by. I don't know if they're married at this point, but it's produced by the woman that he's going to marry, or at least involved with. So I would assume he had the the leeway and the luxury to do what he needed to do. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know. I don't I don't know. It's a, that's a good question. It's probably, you know, I, there's probably like maybe... I'd love to sit down, not with him. Yeah, sure. I'd love to sit down <laughs> with anybody and just kind of talk about like what went into making the movie because, you know, I don't think that this movie is definitely solid in in its storytelling. I think there's some stuff that I was just... I don't know. I, I, it's nothing's... I wasn't like, oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's terrible. It wasn't anything like that. I just right. felt like... Sometimes I was missing something, like I was I want, or maybe I wanted more. I don't know. I wanted a lot more. Okay. Well, here's I go ahead.
1: I fucking love this movie. Okay. I watched. It, I was like, this movie is great. This is. It's got a lot of Lovecraftian type stuff. It's got a lot of Evil Dead type stuff. Where like you can literally do anything mm-hmm. because you're just writing this universe into existence. But I also agree that there's a lot that they kind of leave off the table that they could have gone further with because it's almost psychological in a way horror and so i feel like you could have gone a little longer you could have gone to maybe closer to two hours a longer film yeah. so you actually tell the story and i feel like they cut a lot of stuff short um in terms of of building up to like being really interested in something and then cutting it down and not really going for the far enough right like you get this lovecraftian horror you get like i don't know if you felt the same way the motivations of the creatures the motivation of these obviously it's like Cthulhu myth, myth and stuff like that mm-hmm. you don't get their motivation other than they want to end humanity but you don't get why do they want to
0: take over do they just want to strip people uh, i think is this, it really? isn't it always that they when the earth was dark they always were here and then the light came and they were they were ushered they were cast away. out yeah. yeah that's always really the But like you know the that theme. because
1: you kind of know gotcha. Lovecrafty and stuff gotcha. I, I feel like the general audience doesn't know that and even if you're reintroducing this world that's not technically hp lovecraft
0: i got you but it is
1: let me know that in in a bit of a way. I feel uh, like the creatures really just don't have a motivation,
0: yeah, other than being creatures. See, I think that in the in the in now in the in the days of world building that happens here, where you know you have to watch thirty other movies to understand what's going on here. I think if right. you if if you redid this movie, don't you don't have to. <laughs> but if you redid this movie, I think somebody like Stephen King, somebody that is a well-known author, and there you therefore. All these all these characters and all these references in the movie, if you are referencing other stories, kind of like the Hulu show did with uh, Castle Rock, right? And you're referencing his stories. I think that's an added element to it, where you actually have like people will go and be like, "Oh crap, that's from this book," and, and sure. it kind of builds the mythos of the movie because this is a uh, somebody who we are just meeting in this movie. Sutter Kane, we're kind of. You're left to just whatever's in the movie, you have to believe kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, something like, oddly enough, the Goosebumps movie where R.L. Stein is, is <laughs> yeah, real. Yeah. If they did that, like Castle Rock, I would have liked infinitely better, which Castle Rock's not bad. But if they had Stephen King in there, like you said, mm-hmm. and all of Stephen King's stuff came to life, even if Stephen King wasn't the main character and he was kind of just like, oh, shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. what have I done? I think that would be that would be really interesting.
0: I, I was really annoyed that they, I'm going to tangent. I was really annoyed <laughs> that they got, they canceled Cos The first season was okay, but the second season, they actually did Salem's Lot, which I really liked. Right. And I thought that they were really like, okay, they're kind of digging into it now. And then they they didn't, they, they didn't get a third season. So that, that kind of bummed me out. But yes, I, I back to this. Yes. um, I, It's just like, oh, I, how about this? I have a question. Mm-hmm. So, you find out that John Trent is a creation of Sutter Kane. So, he wrote him into existence. That's how Trent is existing. That's right. What, okay. And he also wrote Styles into existence. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then at some point, when, when um, Trent goes back to Harglow's office, the publisher, which is played by Jonathan Heston, and he's like, You keep mentioning this Styles woman, like she worked for me. Like he suddenly doesn't remember her. Right. Okay. But shouldn't he also not know Trent? Trent's still part of the story. Okay. So they're all part of the story. He wrote
1: Styles out. Yeah. Did he write Harglow out? Like, can he write Harglow out? That, I don't know. I don't know how much control he has over people if they were real or not. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Although it does make sense. Trent's like this perfect insurance agent, freelance
0: insurance investigator. Yeah. So uh, he's
1: kind of like this fake kind of character to begin with. Yeah.
0: I was like, that's a nice job.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure if you actually have, if he's actually
0: in control of the real in terms of people and stuff like that. Right. 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 Uh, I, I mean, and maybe we're not supposed to know any of that stuff. Maybe it's just supposed to be like, I don't know if the filmmakers or the writers have an answer to every question that I would have. Right. Which is probably, they don't need to. Uh, no, you know that's what I, mean? what I love about yeah. this type
1: of story. That evil deadness open endedness mm-hmm. of it. It doesn't need to be explained all the powers
0: anyway. Right. Can you explain why she stirs her coffee cup with her glasses? No, when does she do that? You don't see, they don't show it, but what ends up happening, she's talking when she's first, when Styles is first talking to Trent, she takes off her glasses and then she she takes the thing and she starts and she puts it, you can see that she's putting in her coffee. And then if you look from the back shot, because they have a shot from over her shoulder, kind of behind her, she's like, you can see her arm moving. And then she comes back and she comes into the shot, the next shot, She's got, she, she like licked them or she put them like to mess So She clearly stirred her coffee with her glasses. I <laughs> was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. So I was just like, all right. Ugh. Yes. Did you, did you like the puzzle pieces of the book cover being put together? I did kind of like yeah. that. Why they got to rip off a puzzle maker song.
1: I thought the exact same <laughs> thing. I was like.
0: Oh, season three of Puzzle Maker Son—that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just that—that's a joke. Uh, so we we did a web series, and in Puzzlemaker Son, the web series, the, the main character uh, finds like paintings, and he puts them together as an outline. I can't remember what the outline of was. It a map? It was like the. It was, it was a it map was, to. It was a map of uh, a wooded area, like a park. It, right? it was a map of the yeah, park. Yeah. That's yeah. how you found the locker. So like, so yeah, you wrote it. I, I don't, yeah, and I don't remember. Uh, I, I did it. I was the guy you playing. You the game. guy doing it. But I could, couldn't tell you. But anyways, uh, but obviously that was way after this movie. So, no, I probably ripped him off unknowingly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where I got. I want to say it wasn't from this movie, but I know I got the idea from somewhere. So it might have been this movie. I just don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I did like that because the whole time I'm looking at the poster going, those red lines are really weird. Oh, yeah.
0: And then yep. he puts it together. I'm like, oh, OK. The poster that's in the movie.
1: Right, because right, right, you see yeah. it big on the poster on the wall when he's trying to look through what the other side of the poster which, is. Why didn't they use the
0: poster for the movie? Like, why did they give us the poster with the book? The art art poster would have been way yeah. better. yeah. Like, I don't understand. If you're going to go full meta and you have him going to watch his own movie, which he's listed on the credits, and everyone in the credits of the movie... Is because they adapt because the book that Kane is writing is called In the Mouth of Madison, it's, right? And when everyone reads it, they're going to go crazy, and then they're adapting it into a movie. So when everyone watches it, they'll go crazy right. as well. And he goes to the movie to watch himself in the movie, and the posters basically, yeah, other than the yeah. actors,
1: all the cast, all the crew is the exact Yeah, John So, Carpenter like, why didn't you just use that?
0: that poster for the for the movie itself? I don't Some get Some marketing
1: that. guy was like, oh, that's too old school.
0: We got to go like 90s. I don't like the poster. No, that the they poster use. is really 90s, yeah. so it's
1: really just kind of like a
0: photoshopped head getting yeah. stretched into a book it's really not good it's no nah, i'm not, not a fan i mean maybe that was a new line thing like this is what we want that's very it is very like 13 goes kind of new line
1: mm-hmm. but it doesn't really that doesn't reflect the tone of the movie which i love the opening of the film okay i thought the opening was really good i don't usually like those flashbacks but i like that the opening of the film almost had some comedy in it
0: when like, he's putting it being put away when
1: he's being put away and i was like okay this is weird i'm kind of into this Yeah. Um, When usually, like I said, I don't like those flashbacks, but, you know, I like, sorry about the balls. It was just a lucky shot. You know, they play the Carpenters, uh, the same song that's in room 1408. Yep. Yep. And he goes, oh God, not the Carpenters. And he's got like a nice, like sarcastic attitude to the doctor as he's talking to
0: him. Right. And then he proceeds to draw crosses all over the wall. Yeah.
1: I didn't get that because it didn't seem like that was ever established as something that was going to protect anybody.
0: Well, that was, that was, yeah, that was never set up in the book or never set up like the only way he, he never talks to anybody in the movie there's nobody in the movie that knows what's going on or can help with it at all it's basically just this is happening yeah you're screwed yeah
1: gotta live with it Mm -hmm. and then he's got crosses like they're supposed to protect him
0: yeah so i mean but again like i said i don't really think that a lot of these questions need are are going to get answers and they don't necessarily need to need to have answers i think that's just it is what it is kind of thing Although he did read all those books fast, he said he read all six books. I read your book. I thought the same thing. I was yeah, like, like, "Wow, that's a lot yeah. of books. How, How long does this take?" Like, exactly. I'm like, mm. but then he tells. Then they have the book going back to we're talking about time when he's talking to Harglow and the whole the whole scene where I was talking about with uh, he doesn't know who styles is uh, Heston's character. And he goes, You handed me this the movies adapt uh, is coming out this weekend. You gave me seven the months ago. Yeah. yeah. So
1: it's like so time has passed, and I was that's like, what I don't get. So you're allowing this guy to take up your time to tell you a story he probably told you seven months ago.
0: Yeah. That that I didn't get. There's just time is a little wonky. Plus, that's an that's an awfully fast time to adapt the film, but apparently so to get the film going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Unless the script was already...
1: I don't... Although if the movie script was done, then your book is pretty much... Well, you once the book's the book. out,
0: Kane rips himself apart
1: like a book and goes and I guess he's... Originally, I guess the whole town is supposed to get sucked in. Yes. And it was too
0: costly. So right. special effects guy was but just the, like, what if he turns himself as a book? But the town's not real. Right. Yeah. So the, the town doesn't exist. They all just exist because Kane wrote them. Kane wrote this town into right. existence. right? Or, or, but And then he didn't realize that... No, he didn't write them. He was being... The, dark the darkness. Controlled by the darkness. Yeah, by the darkness.
1: Which is fine. And it does make sense because as they're driving to Hobbs End, they can't find it. And it's not until she gets, you know, Styles basically teleports there. Yeah. I yeah. I thought that was great. I love that whole sequence. I thought that would make an interesting movie in what, and of itself. That being in the town. Just being lost on the crossroads. Gotcha. Um and all this weird stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like the old man, the kid that comes by and they won't let him leave. Uh, I thought that was a really cool sequence and stuff like that. I did like that because when he tears himself open and the doors don't bust open, I was like, that's such a cop out. They just don't (laughs) want to show the monsters. I was like, ah, those cheap bastards. And then he looks through the hole and still no monsters. I was like, oh,
0: come on. And then they do show the
1: monsters. and I was very happy.
0: Those monsters were... um it took 30 people to operate them. They're on, uh, they're one big giant special effect. They're on like a big wheel, big thing with wheels, like a car. Yeah, I guess there's two monsters and then 30, a
1: line of 30 of them or yeah, something like the, that. Yeah, and I they're being cool. pushed
0: by a crank. And so it was like a giant, just. Thing coming at Nail's character, all for like five seconds of screen time. I know they weren't on it that long. It's yeah. probably because of their prosthetics and stuff like that. Oh yeah, too much scrutiny. You'd probably that probably doesn't hold up. Even the Mrs. Pickman uh, monster when she comes out, she's got all the hands and she's chopping off her husband's arm. That's actually a miniature. It was originally a guy in a suit, but I guess Carpenter didn't like the way it looked. So they opted to do a miniature. Oh, the miniature looked great. It looked just like it was, uh, the thing. It was super stuff cheesy. Stuff in the thing. It yeah, like oh, the,
1: of course. The thing it looked like Henrietta from Evil Dead Two it was just like yeah. okay, I'm okay with this.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I really liked Mrs. Pickman. I, I thought she was really interesting. I thought that whole scene in the hotel was very David Lynch. The first you know, time, or the, was this? the first time up until she becomes a big monster. Yeah, showing you know the painting that kind of moves and you know she's being very odd. I thought that was all very David Lynchy, very Twin Peaks, you know, cuz Twin Peaks a lot of it takes place at the hotel at the hotel right. where strange things also happen and then she's got, you know, you pan down and she's got her naked husband chained to her ankle. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they kind of explain that she's now a monster. Right. You know, and he's right. forced to do that, but I mean, the difference is David Lynch wouldn't explain that. The no. lash out would be naked guy chained to her ankle and that would be it. <laughs> <laughs> uh but I thought that was really interesting and, and kind of funny when she's he's obviously moaning and she's kicking him. Even though Sam Neill's right
0: there, Trent's right there. And he says, Trent says that in the book she murders her husband, right? Yes. Because I don't think in the book everyone becomes a monster, but in the town everybody is devolving into monsters.
1: Right, because the devolving into monsters things wasn't written in his any of his older books. Right. That was in the Mouth of Madness, which only Styles had read some of. Right, right, right. Um and so that's he, why he's like, well, that yeah. never happened. That They never would have ever turned to the monster. There were no children in the other book. And she's yeah. like, well, you
0: didn't read the new book. Yeah. Did you like uh, Julie Carmen? I mean, I
1: think she played the role well, but I think that it, it, I don't know if it's John Carpenter's direction or her choices. She goes off the deep end really quick, mm-hmm. which I would have liked a little bit more. Like, she obviously loves Sutter Kane um Obviously has some kind of obsession with him. Loves his books at the very least, but she also seems practical, smart, and intelligent. That's the whole thing. She's supposed to be like a, a yin and yang to, to to Trent, and then as soon as they get in the town, she just loses it immediately. Out of like the slower, de- I guess, de-evolution yeah. of her lose because she says when she gets back from making out with Sutter Kane and his guado in the back of his head, <laughs> Qu- 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 Kane's got a guato yeah. No. <laughs> uh, that she's losing herself. But she, I think was, she yeah. has lost herself a long time ago.
0: Well, you, I guess the argument could be made that she was written that way. Yes, <laughs> which is why I don't think it's her fault
1: that she kind of overacts and like goes a little too crazy too quick.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, she's the only. Fe- I mean, I'm not going to count Mrs. Pickman, but she's the only female in this movie. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, yeah, I don't know. I
1: don't know if it's a female thing, so much as being the other, only other
0: person. I, she. Thing. Lo- <laughs> I don't know, she nah, there's really not a lot for her to do. like I was I've, I had seen this movie, mm-hmm. I don't know if I saw it in theaters or I saw it at home, uh, like on a movie night or something. I might have saw it a movie night. Um, and uh, I remember just kind of like,, nah, I was okay. I didn't really understand a lot of it. I I wasn't digging it, and but I did not remember she went with him to the town. I remember all his stuff. I always remember the stuff in the asylum, but I never remembered her going with him to the town. Mm -hmm. So that was all kind of new for me. One of the things I was thinking about with Sutter Kane and how he's writing all these characters, like, what if he was not a good writer? Like, what if he's He's just a crappy writer? John Candy and Delirious, where he's just like a a writing, like, he's like, (laughs) bad, bad things happening. And they're just like, they don't make any sense. Like, I was just wondering, like, what if he's not good? (laughs) The monsters wouldn't have picked him if he wasn't any good. Well, they're writing through him. So yeah, you don't writing.
1: really know how much power he has. Yeah. Are they just telling him the story and he's maybe. elevating it, or is yeah. he Yeah, or just a shit writer?
0: Yeah, but see, like, you don't get—so they see when they go to the church, mm-hmm. and they have the kid in there, and they're like—and I know that's a scene from one of his books, but you don't really know that because you just know it. You actually find out about that maybe five minutes ago in the movie, you know what right. I mean? So it really doesn't hold a lot of— emotional weight i guess i don't know i think that whole thing is
1: supposed to be trent not caring it, it seems very staged it seems very hokey and it seems very much like a scene from another movie mm. on purpose to make it seem like all right trent's got a little bit of a point there
0: right so it's that's yeah. for the audience to start
1: sounding it trent. as well yeah. yeah okay because after all the stuff you see on the crossroads you start to side with styles a little bit more Mm -hmm. but then during that it's kind of like yeah that's kind of hokey yeah and then all of a sudden now you're back to okay something's going on right i mean you know something's going on like the the kids with the the kind of diseased faces that are transforming right 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 the dog that they eat the dog's leg
0: well they tell you that the kids are the kids are infected first yeah so that would tell you that the kids are going to turn into the monsters first Mm -hmm. but we never see them we never see the kids turn into monsters we see mrs pickman but we never see the kids. Keep
1: I'm out. just saying. I gotcha. you. Carpenter's probably like, I don't want to deal with the kids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, obviously they probably were like, or like at least show like monsters running around. So they're like, okay, those must be the kids.
1: Yeah. A little more tentacle yeah. beasts. Yeah. You only get the one in the the greenhouse looking at Trent. Mm-hmm. And that's the only monster outside of the the stuff coming out of the wall. But that's
0: based on when he says when they first get to the inn, he talks about in the book the how everyone said there was a creature growing out of there with vines and stuff right, like yeah. that. And that's what that's supposed to be, I guess. Like that's what that's that's supposed to be referencing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But also back to your
1: point about the writer, about Sutter Kane, he's all in on these monsters taking over. Yes. So that tells me he was a bad writer. <laughs> that that's like that's his deal with the devil actually thinking about it that he will make you the most famous writer will make you a
0: great writer but you're gonna be you're gonna bring the you're end gonna the, world. Usher in the end of the world yeah yeah maybe yeah <laughs> but if he said he didn't know i didn't even know yeah i mean i can understand that that makes sense that that's interesting yeah that, that's interesting so you say that you love this film i do i we. I'm agreeing with all the holes you're pointing. In. No, no, no. no. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not. I can love a I'm film not, that's not good. I'm not attacking it. <laughs> yeah. I was about to tell you yeah. that because we talked about with the Prince of Darkness. We ta- which I actually like better than this, but we talked about like you know placing this within Carpenter's filmography and like you know removing the thing and Halloween, removing the removing obvious the classics. Obvious like if you really like this film, like so this is pretty high
1: for you. This would be pretty high for me. On the so do you like show. this
0: better than Big Trouble Little China? I'm not gonna count the thing in Halloween. Those are perfect.
1: Yeah, I think I like this better okay. than Big Trouble in Little China.
0: You didn't like Prince of Darkness as much as I did, so no, I, but
1: like, I did like Prince of Darkness. No, I got you. But I, yeah.
0: I know your answer is gonna be yes. So I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out uh, other Carpenter films. Now, Vampires, we both, we both have vampires. The same, I like, but has enough. a lot of issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah, vampires cheesy fun, but yeah, it's I don't love it. Um, you know what's I can't Escape even, from New York is is good, better than this. Or you like it better. So I shouldn't say, is it better? Do you prefer Escape a, from New
1: York is better than in the mouth of you madness. You prefer it better. I yeah, prefer yeah. in the mouth of madness. What about Escape from L.A.? Oh, wait, hold on. I don't
0: like You prefer in the mouth of madness more than Escape from New York. Yes, but okay. I'm saying Escape from New York is a, is, a, is a better movie. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah.
1: Escape from L.A. is going to be
0: <laughs> way down on my You don't list. like Snake Plissken uh, 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 surfing? I, oh, it's like one of the only things I remember. That and uh, Plastic Surgery, Bruce Campbell. I remember that. I also remember the basketball scene. When I he has don't to play, remember the basketball when he scene. Has to, he has to um, make baskets, make like a certain amount of baskets within a lot of time or like someone's going to blow up or get shot. I can't remember where it is. I got to watch and this And <laughs> the last one he makes, the last thing he makes, he has to throw a long, uh, full court and he squishes it. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: sounds so bad. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is pretty high up on my list. Like you say, they live is more style it's more chew bubble uh, Take names they, chew bubble they live bubble. has
0: a lot of great lines and has a lot of great moments and it's righty ray piper so people i know i i know that a lot of people who dig wrestling dig that movie because of piper which right. is fine but that's a lot that's what has going for it um you know
1: uh i was i don't love mouth of madness better than Starman. I, which I keep forgetting is a John Carpenter movie. I, can't, I, I have
0: I haven't seen Starman in forever. That I I would need a refresher on that. Well, good thing because it's coming up. What <laughs> did we put it on the
1: list? We did put it on the list. Yeah,
0: yeah crap. Because
1: we talked about it like eight times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I also haven't seen Starman since I was a kid. But I think I like Starman better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, and The Mouth of Madness I think is really good. I really enjoy those kind of horror films, which I've talked about before, like Evil Dead, where anything can happen. You're not constrained by anything. Your universe is is this writer writing this evil into existence? And I I like when, because we talk about it all the time, story holes, or or even in this movie, you would like more stuff to be explained, but we don't need the monsters to really be explained because the power is Mm all-encompassing. And the same thing with Evil Dead, the same thing with Good Horror or Prince of Darkness. You can't tell me what this evil dimension being extra thing does. So it can do anything. We can make this a slasher film. We can make this a monster film. We can make this gross. You're talking about this film. This film. Prince of Darkness, Evil Dead, those kind of films. Well, Prince of Darkness, they tell you what it is. They don't really tell you here. Oh, yeah. It's an intro. But I mean, in terms of the evil, what it can do, what its powers are. Oh, oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. Yep it's something that's unworldly. I can believe anything yeah. that happens The people becoming slasher monsters or anything.
0: You're not setting up rules that you're going to end up breaking. Yes. Right. I got Cause
1: you. Cause so many horror movies set up rules that they break. Well, I think over and over to be <laughs>
0: fair, to be fair, they do that, but those are usually broken in the sequels because they didn't realize that the movie was going to be popular. Absolutely. And they, yeah, oh, absolutely. No, I, I, I hear this, you. this way. Yeah. You've, you've, you're good. You've played your
1: plate. You're, you don't need to. Yeah. And I always enjoy that. And also you don't know what to expect next. It can be something, something as simple as the nightmare where, by the way, that I tell you my favorite color is blue <laughs> and everything is blue, which by the way, I got to one day I want to watch this again. Cause I guess in every close up, the character's eyes are blue.
0: Well, all the, yeah, they're also blue, but they're also split and the pupils are split into two, two pupils together that, right. that the agent had that um, one of someone else had that, but I, but that I don't know if everybody had the split, Pupil eyes. I think people were getting there because everyone yeah. else's eyes
1: were getting that brightness,
0: and I think it was that's how it starts to split. But speaking of the agent, he, it's like he murdered his entire family, and, and like it was just, and it was like set as an afterthought. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't even know that it was his age. You know, like right. It was a little, and he was coming out of a bookstore. It's like why So he murdered his family and then went to the next bookstore, or did, is, is he coming out of the apartment? Like I didn't get that whole thing. He comes out of the bookstore, a to make an entrance to probably Trenton, right? Of course,
1: but also because. he probably had a little bit left in him to say like, Hey, stop reading these books. I'm going crazy. Yeah. A lot like Trent did at the end when he kills that one kid that was reading the book, turning into one of the monsters. Oh, right, right, right. So you read the book. Oh yeah. All the way to the end. So you're not going to be surprised about this. (laughs) And he (laughs) him right in the head. (laughs) What I think is interesting is in the promotional stills for the movie, when Trent's in the movie theater, there's a shot of styles leaning over him and from the back row with the split eyes oh i wonder if i wonder if that was an end that they didn't end up using
0: maybe maybe they had her in there because
1: this just cuts with him going crazy and like
0: laughing laughing at his own
1: film yeah
0: Um, well i also read that they said he's laughing and then he's uh what was the note that he's sad or shoot i can't remember the note but like he's laughing in the movie he's laughing but the note i read had him doing something else i was like that's not. he was just laughing he didn't
1: yeah, I wonder if there's an alternate version, although I didn't see anything in the alternate, like any kind of alternate versions that I could look up of deleted scenes. I don't know. I would really like to get, I know they just put out a Blu-ray not long ago. Well, <laughs> so it's I'd been, like to see yeah. if
0: there's any featurettes or anything. Well, it's been re-released a couple of times, but the more recently it was, uh, uh it's the Shout Factory did in 2018. So yeah. so yeah, no, that's, that's out there, but I know they did a couple beforehand. Uh, I think most of Carpenter's films get a cult following, so Which, like because this one did as well. Yeah, later on. yeah uh, because the, the, you know I don't, It's funny because I, I think this people Carpenter's films aren't are probably aren't meant for the theaters. They're probably not meant to for people to rush out to the theater to see. You know, they're probably meant for at home in the dark at night. You know make a double feature kind of thing. So right. I, they're probably meant for that. He's probably perfect for streaming, which I don't understand why none of these
1: streamers have signed him on. Well, the thing is I don't ever find Carpenter films. I mean, the thing I guess back then was like crazy scary because the monsters were awful, mm-hmm. but I don't find Carpenter f- films scary so much as super just kind of like creepy and unnerving kind of in their like they're a their good ghost story. They're a good scary story to tell.
0: See, I think you, you've seen the thing many, many times. That's why if
1: you, Oh, I'm saying if I had seen the thing back then, at,
0: at, you take you when it's yeah, prime you've yeah. never seen it you put it on this tv you take find somebody that's never seen it right hey, hey let's watch the thing lower the lights
1: just put the <laughs> thing on
0: and just sit there and don't say anything and just watch they'd be terrified because it's it's unnerving it's terrifying because especially when they're trying to figure out who's, who's blood who, who? yeah i mean I, when he's doing the copper wire and you know when it's coming because the hand is fake and you see that the hand is fake you're <laughs> like here it comes but back then you didn't know yeah oh yeah, yeah so yeah No. Absolutely. Um.
1: But I I think that's that's great. I also think that a story like In the Mouth of Madness, I feel like with the the mass hysteria and stuff like that works better nowadays. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it plays better now. And some movie reviewer did say that if In the Mouth of Madness came out today in the 2010s or 2020s, it would have done way better because the horror is closer to what we kind of write today
0: well that's, that's that's because yeah that's what people yeah. are feeling this think, is the
1: yeah. writer or, or this is the writer director of uh, Midsummer and Hereditary's favorite movie
0: oh I can imagine what was the movie was it Cell that King the book he wrote where the cell phones were making everybody crazy yeah that's like that this is like that like True, that yeah. hysteria type film like I'm trying to think of other hysteria films but yeah the Cell Cell is it's just Cell I don't think it's a Cell it's Cell it's Cell because um, the Cell is the one with Jennifer Lopez and, and when, when they cut the, the horse you. in different pieces yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry (laughs) Um, yeah so that's like that this is like that kind of mess there but even that and Cell had more action to it oh yeah that was less
1: of a a horror movie yeah
0: yeah this this movie there's some stuff in it but I think if it it, I almost I I almost kind of either want it to go one way or the other either go more action or just go more you know creep more more like midsummer more like just kind of like illusions and more stuff it would have to be longer it would have to be two and a half hours and have to be one of those type of horror films only
1: at 90 something minutes i think you could have gone closer to two and it would still would have been because it's a slow burn kind of psychological not psychological horror but it's kind of an in your head kind
0: of mental terror i guess but I don't think, I don't think I would re- recommend this movie to people who don't like horror films. Like if somebody likes horror, I, because I just don't think they'd under, I don't think they'd be into it. I don't think they'd dig it. I
1: think I would agree, but I would also say that I think people that like horror novels might like this book because I, my father hates horror movies. He's not a big horror movie guy, but he loves horror books. He loves Stephen King. He loves Dean Koontz. Um, he loves uh, a couple of other authors that he reads all the time. And I think he'd really like this movie because this is closer to that kind of horror that you would read in books and stuff like that.
0: Right. So, so I, I think yeah. that's. Better. So you're saying you're going to suggest it to him when you see him next.
1: Oh, yeah. And his, he,
0: he won't watch it. But I'll, I'm going <laughs> to suggest it That's a That's a <laughs> father-son issue that we don't need to dive into in this episode. This is about movies. <laughs> uh, I, well, as long as we're speaking to fathers. my I think my dad was big into horror films. He'd watch horror films all the time. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's seen this film. But and he'd probably be like, it's all right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, like I said, that makes sense too. Horror people like horror books or horror movies, but that's about it. I wouldn't be like, Hey, you seen any good movies? i be like, Hey, check this out.
1: I think I'd recommend this to other people that just kind of like movies or like, you know, if they like movies like the or TV shows like The X Files or if they watched Castle Rock and stuff like that. I think they might like this, but yeah, people that like straight up horror. Or even other John Carpenter things. This is not very, it's not super John carpenter You know what I mean?
0: Right, in right. In terms of
1: like some of the creatures and some of like, you get that John Carpenter weird rock music. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. like, That's at the end when he gets into the
1: actual uh, ambulance, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get it a little bit in the nightmares that he's having that cop. But a lot of it is is different than most John Carpenter movies in a way.
0: Uh, I mean, his style's still there. The Carpenter style's there, and like There's some yeah, of the Carpenter you know, style. But yeah. I just, I think the biggest difference, I, I not visually, because visually, I, I, I can tell it's a Carpenter movie. The biggest difference for me, and and maybe in the dialogue too, because in I'm thinking of Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness had a lot of heady conversations going on oh Gr- very much yes that's one of the best parts of prince of Dark. yeah granted it was about you know religion and 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 the and the mythology of what what they're talking about and satan and satan and yeah. yeah so this didn't really have a lot of that so i'm wondering if carbon actually wrote this movie i'm wondering if there were the dialogue would have been a little bit more uh in that vein not as more philosophical yeah way? yeah maybe there would have been more yeah
1: i mean you definitely get those philosophical kind of conversations and like the thing and prince of darkness yeah you don't really get him in like halloween or escape from new well, york no, you're not gonna get him there assault on precinct 13
0: or ghost of <laughs> ghost of mars <laughs> <laughs> no I, that's yeah. down on the list <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't mention it so. <laughs> um no that's all i mean yeah well why do you think it's forgotten
1: um i think it's out of its time like i said i think yeah. it came out again today uh not only in terms of the themes of the mass hysteria and the the end of the end times through through fear and stuff like that, but also in terms of the H.P. Lovecraft bend, I feel like he's experiencing a resurgence in terms of that Lovecraftian style of horror, in terms of the Cthulhu myth and all that kind of stuff. Even though he was obviously a racist, terrible asshole, uh, that creature, that nice. mythos he created is very interesting and good. Which is one of the things that the. Um, oh. Lovecraft County tried to deal with and reconcile. Is that, is that
0: the HBO that's show? That's the
1: HBO show, which is very good. I highly recommend it. But they that. canceled it, right? It really is. It tells the story after one season. Okay. So I think they just couldn't figure out a good second season. So they said, eh, let's stop it here. Don't gotcha. ahead." Um, But I think that that's coming back into vogue and I think it would play really well now.
0: Well, I think, I don't know if, I, I think Lovecraft will always come in and out, his stories. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I just yeah. think
1: that wasn't a time when it was really in. Yeah. And I think now it would do a little better. But I also think that this is, you know, Sam Neill's Obviously, Alan Grant, and he's awesome.
0: But also, his accents all over the place. Well, the he, they didn't. Not the note I said that he never did an accent. He was just speaking. God, that's that's some that's some BS right there. Because he goes in and out like crazy. But yeah, he's I got th- that JP money. He don't need that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, who? I mean, I was investing his character in the stories, but there were a couple times because I'm always picking out accents. I go, all right, he's New Zealand accent. No, he's British. All right, no, he's American now. Okay, all right. Maybe he's just all over the
0: place. Well, maybe guys. he's traveled
1: the world. Yeah, <laughs> he, he does. I did read that he has three homes. He has One of in goats, Australia, right? New Zealand, and America. He's got a couple goats. He's got a whole winery, a vineyard, yeah. a whole farm, yeah. Well, why don't
0: you go visit him, and you can talk about In the Mouth of Madness with him. Oh, man, I would love to hang out with Sam Dale. Well, get on a plane. Seems like get a going. Plan.
1: <laughs> um, he's actually doing an Australian Western that I kind of want to watch it.
0: Uh, I think it's out, right? Or it's coming out. It's out in Australia now. Yeah. It's like a mini series. Well, would you th- see, here's the thing. This is probably, you could probably do a lot more with this in a, in a limited release run and a limited series run on a, on a, one of the streamers. I just don't know if I want to invest six episodes or eight episodes or 10 episodes into a story that I know is just going to end with everyone dying. You know what I mean? Like where there's no hope.
1: I mean, that's kind of classic H.P. Lovecraft, is there's no. Sure, but, sure. <laughs> um, there's or another n- movie that ends like that that's based on H.P. Lovecraft. That's more specifically a Cthulhu myth H.P. Lovecraft movie. It
0: ends so bleakly. It's a movie.
1: Yeah. Movie uh, as I mean, one thing. I still thing. remember, like, uh, movie. Yeah, when you're watching this investing. Episodes, yeah,
0: movie you're investing two and a half hours in. Six uh, hours show, of depression. Yeah, show you're <laughs> investing a lot more time. Oh, we're going to watch this tonight. Oh, next episode, can watch that tonight. It's like, yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe they can glimmer you some hope, but still end on a on yeah. An hour note. Yeah, not know. Well, because you also have to have somebody to root for. You always have to have. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: like you said, I don't think this has to be done exactly, but something like this would be interesting. Like right, right. Were talking
0: about, all right. Like I think a Stephen King,
1: all his stuff really exists, and he didn't realize. Well, that, that. was
0: Castle Rock. I mean, I, I again, but, I don't want to beat the drum of of keeping Castle Rock going, but I really thought that the second season was good. And oh sure just kind of i'm kinda, talking like, Steve put Stephen
1: king in it oh in the movie and yeah then, no i don't gotcha. realize you created us or mm-hmm. he realized i created you mm-hmm. i think that would be very interesting
0: and goosebumps the goosebumps movie that you brought up is a good point as well yeah i mean they kind of did it And that movie's, <laughs> that movie's good yeah
1: but no I, I really like the story i think that people who might like something like this that's just kind of weird and off-putting mm-hmm. might like this i think people that like evil dead If you don't just like
0: it for the blood, but you like it for that kind of weirdness, also might like it. See, I don't get the. I understand what you're saying with the Evil Dead stuff, but Evil Dead to me is more schlocky, which is why I like it. I didn't get that at all. At this, I get that you're talking about. I'm not talking about the remake. I'm talking about the all the
1: original. All the Evil Dead, yeah. Yeah, The the, the Necronomicon in and of itself is a Lovecraft uh, invention, sure, uh, which a lot of people don't talk about. But that that kind of that evil is coming out and it can do anything and be anything and that it kind of slowly messes with your mind. Mm -hmm. I think that that's an interesting part of evil dead that I know a lot of people aren't all about. A lot of people like it for the schlock or like it for the blood. I like it for all of it, but I think that people might be interested in this. Maybe people like David Lynch his twin peaks. Sure. Horror David Lynch uh, might
0: like this as well. All right. I definitely think it's worth checking out. But it is not, it's very imperfect. Well, it's also one of the rare 90s movies that you actually can find. Because most of the times we trying to get 90s films, maybe because it's not so independent. Um, it's very difficult to find some of these 90s films that we do.
1: Yeah, this is able to rent wherever you want to look at your movies. Unfortunately,
0: Shudder lists it, but you can't watch it. Well, <laughs> remember, we are watching these and doing these episodes in August. in August. Right. Come October, it's probably more readily available for people. Unless you're watching Trick or Treat. And then you What's wrong with them. that? Nothing wrong with Trick or Treat.
1: Well, I'm just saying, Trick or Treat is always streaming for free until October. Oh, of course. And then they take it away. Of course. Shocker. <laughs> Where can they find us? You can find us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. You can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to us now, wherever you're listening to us. Drop us a rating, a review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, But if you don't know where to find us and you're listening on who knows where, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Google, everywhere. Take a look.
0: We're there. (laughs) <laughs> and join us next week as we wrap up our third annual Forgotten Horror and Butler Cries we're going to be doing uh, a movie from 1971 Let's Scare Jessica to Death now I have never seen this movie I've never Neither heard about I. this film uh, the uh, reason why we put it on the list uh, to choose was because I heard, I read a couple people and, and were watching it and they really dug it and they had discovered it so I was, I put it on the list hey why not so um, yeah so now I'm sure now that we put it on the list it's going to be everywhere because you know right. we, we can't do anything original for us so. com now <laughs> 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 but yeah that's that's next week let's scare jessica to death and that will end our forgotten horror season and actually end our season 10 so and then we'll move on to season 11 all right all right so that's like it. it what's up i like it all right i'm glad you like it all right cool <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll see you next week i'm mike field uh, i'm mike butler and this has been forgotten horror keep it spooky y'all there any good books lately <laughs> <laughs> i've seen bad posters lately oh Yeah, (laughs) those are sinks.